0: 200,000 either? We'll multiply it by 1900, which is how many dollars Ethereum costs today. So it's uh, $380 million based on the current rate. Like when I would show my crypto wallet on Blockchain Info with $36 million in it uh, back in 2017, again, they were saying, like, why are you doing this, it's dangerous. So this choice was accompanied by chuckles, by smiles on the faces of people who were supposedly well-versed, in online business, as well as smiles on the faces of bloggers, my personal acquaintances, and friends in real life. However,
1: half a year later, these smiles began fading. Hi, I'm Greg Mastreader, and this is my podcast on the future of our society. Today here with me is crypto millionaire Andrei Zaitsev. Hi, Andre. Hi, nice to see you. Today we are going to talk about your path in crypto, about what you think about the industry and its current state of affairs, and some interesting and uh, valuable life stories from you as a person who believed in crypto at the time when everybody was laughing at such people. Well, who's laughing now? So the first question is, uh, I know that you've been in crypto for uh, quite a long time. Can you tell me how this journey began? My path began in the year
2: 2013.
1: Well, uh,
0: in fact, as early as 2012, I already knew there were digital currencies. You know, Bitcoin was already there at that time, and I think that's when I began looking into it. To be fair, I stumbled upon cryptocurrencies kind of randomly, by accident. Thanks to the internet. I just saw some mentions of the concept on the net and began learning more about it. But for a variety of reasons, I totally missed 2012 though. I didn't buy any crypto at all at that year. I was only reading stuff, researching what it all was about. The next year, 2013, however, was a total game-changer for me. That year, 2013, I began buying Litecoin and Bitcoin. These were my first cryptocurrency purchases. And by 2014, my assets were more than just some purchases.
2: I mean, they were becoming reasonably big. It was a
0: fairly small crypto portfolio, just Litecoin, Ripple and Bitcoin. So my initial portfolio as of 2014, it was valued at several hundred thousand dollars and it was composed of just three cryptocurrencies. How much
1: were those three cryptocurrencies worth uh, at that time?
0: Ripple was about 0.0004 cents, well, it cost practically nothing. Bitcoin was about one hundred eighty dollars, one hundred eighty to two hundred. I mean it fluctuated. Well the rate would fluctuate so it could go up to two hundred twenty to two hundred thirty and then fall back to one hundred eighty to one hundred ninety. Litecoin too had an interesting spike. It began, it literally grew so fast from $2 to $36. Then it fell back to 2.20 to 2.60. Back when I was buying Litecoin, it was around $2. Uh, yeah, $2 is how much I was paying for it, roughly speaking. But in 2015, there was something rather. Miraculous, so to speak, in 2015, thanks to… Well, not so much thanks to any special knowledge I had personally, it's more about the information I was getting from good friends of mine who were monitoring cryptocurrencies more thoroughly. Two brothers, two friends of mine, they told me about the project Ethereum back when it was just being created before they launched the initial coin offering. They said this technology had a future and began researching it. I didn't take part in the ICO when it began, although one could buy Ethereum for as little as 20 cents. But there were times of lockup, including rather long term ones, so I happened to miss it somehow. In September, uh, so that was June 2015, and then in September 2015, I bought some Ethereum at the exchange. It was the first smallish amount. It went public on a cryptocurrency exchange at the price of 1 euro. It was on the Kraken exchange. In a month and a half, the rate dropped to 40 euro cents. It was the peak of the fall. And by the end of October, I was already buying Ether. I bought it in Balik, uh, it's a city in Turkey, and it was a really interesting purchase. There were networkers at the meeting, people from investment circles, and I was there, in one of Belek's hotels, explaining what Ethereum was about, explaining the technology behind it, and I also showed my own purchase. At the time, it seemed laughable to many. I mean, a few of the people who now present themselves as cryptocurrency experts and really give tons of public talks on the subject these days, they were there with me back then, and they called it a fatal mistake on my part, as the amount of my purchase was uh, $140,000. And it was a demonstrative purchase, I made it very publicly rather than in splendid isolation. The recommendations of the people around me were very different at the time. The main advice was to invest in real estate at the first stage. One of these guys suggested that I look into buying property in Kaliningrad, but I made a decision of my own, I made my choice. So, this choice was accompanied by chuckles, by smiles on the faces of people who were supposedly well-versed in online business, as well as smiles on the faces of bloggers, my personal acquaintances, and friends in real life. However, half a year later, these smiles began fading. The price of Ethereum during the first lockup of the ICO round reached uh, 15.40 euro. Then around the peak it fluctuated between 7 and €7.50 due to market correction. But either way, you could make a calculation and see the sheer scale of my investment and how much I gained from it in a rather short period of time. As you probably know, in two years it wasn't even comparable. In two years, by the peak of 2015, I mean 2018, the price had risen to $1,500. You can easily see how much I gained. Well, obviously, I didn't have all of the Ethereum I initially bought at the time. Just like any normal person, I was already taking profits, spending some of it, making purchases. You know, there are such stories, I sometimes read these media outlets, how someone bought something, forgot about it, sold it at the very peak. No, it wasn't like that. Then I transferred a part of my investments back to Bitcoin and began expanding my cryptocurrency investment portfolio. Yeah, the expansion of my cryptocurrency investment portfolio began in 2015. So, like I said earlier, my path began with just three cryptocurrencies, and later on the portfolio was expanded. That being said, I don't advocate for, I'm not a fan of the idea, as recommended by some in investment circles, that One's portfolio should include 30, 40, 50, 100 coins, or, you know, there are some people who want to have all of the top 100 currencies, others are looking for the coin that's the cheapest at the moment. Personally, I think this is wrong. Just like earlier, these days my portfolio is composed of just 12 cryptocurrencies, and that's it. So it's not that diverse, but I've chosen conceptually decent projects with great teams that function normally and are stable enough to not
1: disappear randomly the next Next day. So I'm just curious how much uh, this pile of Ethereum would cost uh, today uh, had you not sold uh, any part of it. So, h- how much would the amount be today? You said it was 140,000 uh, dollars or euros. So, how much would it be now?
0: Let's use a calculator to not waste time. The total amount was approximately 200,000 Ether. We'll multiply it by 1,900, which is how many dollars Ethereum costs today. So it's uh, 380 million dollars based on the current rate. And that was just the initial purchase of Ethereum. There was also a Bitcoin purchase, and you know, Um, Many people told me I was making huge mistakes or, or taking great risks. But the whole path, like I said, from my initial purchase of Ethereum, that was so open and demonstrative, and I purchased Bitcoin exactly the same way. You know, the guys who teach crypto, Uh, give talks on how to get into it and succeed, uh, sell their online courses and so on. Well, what makes me different from them is that I've always been doing it very publicly. Like when I would show my crypto wallet on Blockchain Info with 36 million dollars in it, Uh, back in 2017, again, they were saying, like, why are you doing this, it's dangerous. But I've always wanted everyone to see that if I recommend something or simply tell what I'm doing with crypto, I don't hide it and I'm willing to show it. Unlike many people, I never hesitate to show everything, even at the opening of an exchange, all of my purchases, transactions. In my opinion, any normal, sane person is only happy to see that someone else has accomplished, accomplished something. Yeah, that's how I see it.
1: Yeah, transparency is an important thing in the crypto industry. Uh, being open about uh, your investment strategies and about your successes and failures, uh, I think, is something that uh, characterizes many of the players in those I- in this industry.
0: Which coins? Sure, I can name them all. It's the Cardano coin. Uh, Nero protocol, the same old Ripple that I've had from the very beginning, still a bit of Ethereum and a few more coins, Uniswap, Cyber Network, 0x, then uh, Polkadot. Palkadot is in my cryptocurrency portfolio too. By the way, my project is currently having an integration with the Polkadot network. It's almost ready, it's a separate thing, we'll talk about it a bit later. Another coin I have is Zillica. I also have the Matic and Ton coins, so these are the main coins in my portfolio. Why have I chosen them? Well, at the very least, I appreciate that these projects have lively and active teams that actually make technical improvements and decent ones. Each of these projects has a strong concept, and all of them also have serious partnerships. And generally, my personal opinion is that they won't ever leave the market, and that's what matters. You know, there are many projects I mean, thousands of projects that sell themselves at the minimal viable product stage or even at the white paper stage when the product itself practically doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, many of them don't even have a product, they don't have anything besides the presentation slides, and likely will not evolve into anything real. Conversely, the products I've chosen have established themselves in the market and show great results.
1: Their teams
0: make actual progress and really develop them both technologically and in terms of marketing. I think they are the tops
1: of the next bull market. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. And I think the logical next question uh, from many of our viewers and listeners would be uh, what you think about the current uh, state of affairs in the crypto Web3 market, because there's been a crypto winter going on um, and uh, it's debatable whether it's uh, uh, continuing or nearing its end. Um, what do you think and what your what are your forecasts regarding that? By the way, I forgot
0: to mention the cryptocurrencies Q2 and OmazeGo. These are two more coins that I hold. As for the crypto market and specifically the crypto winter, well, here is my personal opinion. Since the fall last year, I've been saying that the first leap and new growth would be observed in the spring. Well, spring is here and the market indeed demonstrates a bit of a positive trend. In my opinion, there will be another leap in the fall and it's going to be a more powerful, more tangible price increase in the fall. Next year I'm expecting a significant bull run and quite some growth in in the prices of crypto assets. What's the reason for these expectations? Well, there is an old video of mine that you can still find on social media, I made it in the year 2017. It's an explanation, my personal view of it. Some people some people make assumptions regarding future rates based on technical analysis, others use some other kinds of information. Personally, I formed an opinion regarding having and the ongoing events, you know, the crypto miners and all that. I can share it and explain my thought process and what it's based on, if you wish. There are these manufacturers, Bitmain and Bitfury, they produce mining equipment, But on top of being hardware producers, they are also mining farms of their own, and fairly big ones. They mine bitcoin too. As we all know, miners make money of selling crypto while it's at its peak. So, these guys, they are mining crypto at a loss, and their only chance to generate enough income to recoup the cost is to pump the rate, wait until a bull run, and sell what they've mined at a
2: profit.
0: You know, operating at a loss is not in the habit of the rich of our planet. Yet another interesting and important point is that mining equipment is generally sold for Bitcoin. If you've ever seen the website of any manufacturer, you know, um, the price is in Bitcoin. For example, an ASIC costs uh, 0.1 Bitcoin. Today a Bitcoin is 28000, so the price for the device is 2800 dollars. Like, you see the price in Bitcoin, but the actual transaction is in fiat money, in dollars. Now, let's do the math. Let's say Bitmain or Bitfury had to spend $1,400 to produce an ASIC. They set the price at 0.1 bitcoin, that's $2,800, and make a 100% profit. But what stops them from making a 300% or 400% profit? What should be done for that to happen? Again, they need to pump up the whole market. They are giants that operate in billions, not the millions or hundreds of millions, and generally they are the ones who run the market. You know, these crypto whales, everyone talks about basically the same miners, just a few people who can easily manipulate the entire market. They're not hundreds or thousands of people, they're a small group, and my personal opinion is that just like the stock market is run by the 4%, the richest and most powerful people on Earth. The crypto market is the same, it's being run the same way.
2: I'm
0: stressing that this is just my personal opinion, because uh, there have been many debates with many people, and all of them tried to make me believe that technical analysis is relevant to the crypto market. But I think it doesn't make any sense at all. All these graphics are practically
1: the same as reading tea
2: leaves.
1: Very interesting. Uh, But why do you think that uh, guessing uh, where uh, the efforts of the crypto whales uh, will be uh, is any different? Uh, Why do you think we can uh, give forecasts as to uh, how they will or will not, supposedly, manipulate the market. Well, there are some things connected to having, you know,
0: splitting Bitcoin blocks. When it happens, in order for them to survive, the miners are practically forced to raise the prices. Like I said earlier, operating at a loss is not in the habit of the rich and the mighty of the world. There is just one thing regarding currency growth, you know, the way the whole market is being prepared for having in order to make more money.
1: So, we will I guess we will see, uh, sounds convincing. I'm also uh, optimistic about the future of the market and its growth. I understand that you uh, develop your investment portfolio in crypto, you are preparing for the next bull run, But also, you're not just an investor, but you are a founder. Uh, Tell me how your strategy as a a crypto founder uh, has been developing over the last few years, and what are you most focused on today? Well,
0: the QChain project and the QDT native token started out, got its start back in 2019. Back then, it was just an idea, a concept, then it began to develop, little by little. Then, in 2021, our mainnet was launched. I mean, the wallets, the whole product was launched, not an alpha or beta version, but a fully functioning version on mainnet. Now, let's go back in time just a bit, I'll tell why the product was created. Back in 2015, as you may know, I was already working with cryptocurrencies at the time, including Ethereum, among others. These days people are arguing as to which ICO was the first. In fact, the first ICO was launched by people I know. It was in the fall that year,
2: 2015.
0: Uh, They came up with a scheme for a game resource, Kibo. It's a smart contact-based lotto. I participated quite actively and I really liked the very idea of an adminless project. It was a true know how and technological breakthrough. I took part in developing the marketing part of the project and. Unfortunately, as everyone knows, there is a really big problem in the market that's been discussed for many years. I'm talking about network scalability and transaction fees. I mean,. As you know, any action, any call to a smart contract requires a fee. There is a fee for any action, and as our experience shows, there has been much talk about it, it's been 8 years since 2015, but even today Vitalik Buterin is saying, like, yeah, we'll do something about it soon, we'll find a solution, but in reality no solution has been found so far. One more interesting point from the old times, many projects such as... EOS and others, they all were saying stuff like, We'll be having a hundred thousand transactions per second and low transaction fees. These projects have gained billions of dollars since then, but nothing has been done in this direction by anyone. So today, Tron is the leader in the industry with a maximum capacity of 900,000 transactions per second. But Tron's fees have also grown by a lot by now. That the fee is $1... uh, No, that's not true. Some of the exchanges have kept the withdrawal fee at $1, but in fact the fee of the Tron network fluctuates around $1.80 plus one more dollar for a transfer and sometimes reaches $6 in times of high load when the network is at its peak. So, there was no project that offered low fees combined with a high capacity. That's what QChain was launched for, to solve the main problem, so that one could implement not just small user-run online projects in mass, but also connect physical companies, uh, real-life companies, and shops to it. To create a blockchain able to withstand the high load and meet the needs of any specific user without any waiting time with minimal fees. A blockchain that's able to conduct transactions. In this case, as of now, an actually functioning blockchain has been launched on mainnet. It's called Qchain. Its current capacity is one million transactions per second and the fee is around half a cent. So, it's working in reality, it's not on testnet, it's full-fledged, it's on mainnet. It's been two years, we're in the third year since we've tested everything. Today the project has about 90,000 users, and there are a few novelties that will make that number grow exponentially over a short period of time. One can say this project was created to be useful and make a difference by solving the problem, the huge global problem in the crypto industry. Besides the solution to the transaction processing speed problem and the number, QChain has one more critical difference. I mean, what I strive for is I want to build a platform that has everything in the same place and all in one platform. QChain includes QPayments, a payment system, a decentralized exchange and ability to create tokens for smart contracts without hiring a programmer. It will take just a few seconds for you to create a token of your own and a few more seconds to list it on our DEX exchange within the node. Like I said, all in one, and the final version of the project would be bringing in fiat money, purchasing cryptocurrencies, Trading, it would allow various operations, give an opportunity to develop IT projects and new coins, connect external services, and reverse withdraw funds to QChain cards. That's what the final version is supposed to look like. And I'm planning to do 95 to 97% of the work by the end of this year. Pretty much the only thing we still have to do before the final stage is to launch personal accounts and start issuing cards. In two or three weeks from today, I mean, from from the day we recorded this video, we'll publish our source code on GitHub, have an audit conducted and introduce a few technologically impressive
2: features. We started
0: with the concept of a proprietary blockchain, but ended up developing a sidechain, Qchain. Dot. it's already been launched on DevNet, and in two weeks it will be on TestNet and then on MainNet. So, these days we're bringing QChain DOT, a sidechain, to life. Why are we doing this? Well, there is a goal, a task we came up with a while ago, to enter Polkadot's parachain, and not just with our own blockchain, but with ecosystem products that Polkadot, fortunately or not, doesn't have. Our goal is to
1: provide our products to the DOT community and other parachains. Sounds impressive. I like the term uh, "big hairy audacious goal," so uh, some uh, mega goal, uh, big, ambitious, uh, inspiring that uh, uh, you are looking at and uh, thinking about all the time that drives you, uh, that drives your project forward. What is uh, such a goal for QChain?
0: Well, I've already made a video about the goals. I want QChain to become a project valued at multiple billions, a unicorn, as they say. It's an ambitious goal that I will definitely achieve. There are a few steps that need to be completed in order to bring this project to the top. We need to introduce the technology to people from all of the world's nations and we're actively working on this. These days real-life offline conferences are being held in the markets of India, Latin America, Africa, We've got ambassadors, QChain representatives, who organize both online and offline events. At the very least, I wanna bring QChain to all continents, so that people from all countries would hear of this project and know what it is about. And of course, gain a conversation, as in get some of them to actually use the project. That's the first goal. One more goal is to make it a multibillion-dollar project, which is fairly realistic thanks to its well-thought-out tokenomics. It's only a matter of time, it will inevitably happen after a few fairly obvious steps. I also wanna see my project among the top 10 cryptocurrencies. We'll be getting closer to it step by step. At first, it will enter the top 200, then the top 100, the top 50, is going to happen for sure. We've got all the controls, all the tools in place for that. What's most important is that we have a good understanding of what we should do and how exactly it's going to happen.
1: Sounds really inspiring. So tell me, uh, just for the context and uh, for the viewers and listeners, uh, how much investment has the project attracted? Was it all your money or some funds? Uh, And uh, what's your uh, current valuation? So where are we currently? You mentioned the goal of hitting uh, top 10 cryptocurrencies. Uh, What's the status as of today? As of
0: now, the capitalization of the project is around $11 million if we were talking about market capitalization. As for how we attracted investments and generally how the project is funded, well, it's a pretty small amount. We launched a mini-ICO and gained an amount Um, got about one million and a hundred or two hundred thousand or so. And the rest is being financed from my personal assets. I sponsor the project, I invest in its marketing development, in the technical part of the project and everything else. You know, lately there have been funds approaching us with offers, actually like four funds in just a month and a half, but for now I see no benefit in partnering up with them. Why? Well, those who contacted us, like the home funds from Dubai and a few other investment funds, uh, in my opinion, their propositions were inadequate. They offered relatively low investments, as in, roughly speaking, around 8 million dollars have been invested in our project so far, And then these fun guys appear saying, like, hey, mate, let me invest one million dollars in your project, and in return you will owe me this million, one more million on top of it plus 50% of your entire project. Well, of course I decline these offers, they are uninteresting, to say the least. Like I said, the project is practically ready, we'll be done with the technical part in just three weeks. We've got a truly awesome proprietary blockchain that raises no questions. I mean, it's very open, honest, and and
2: transparent.
0: It's been finalized and has fully functioning mechanics. Lately, physical markets have been showing rapid development, and I simply see no point in transferring 50% of the project for 1 million or a million and a half dollars, practically borrowing the money at a high interest rate and at the cost of losing a half of my company. To this day, I haven't received any serious, reasonable propositions that would assess the project's actual value adequately and offer a true partnership. If I did get an adequate partnership proposition, I would have considered cooperating with a fund or some other kind of large-scale investor.
1: Well, if you work in a VC or hedge fund, you know what to do if you're watching this podcast. So, Andre, what would you recommend people do, uh, those who got inspired by your speech and maybe want to become part of this project or invest into it or become part of its community? What should they do, which links should they follow?
0: Well, I'd say all those who are interested should see the QChain Space website to get acquainted with the project. You should also see our Telegram channel that posts news and updates related to the project, like all the recent changes, new features. You can read our news on the channel. If you have any questions or want to get in touch with the community, you can also join QChain group chats to keep updated. And if you've learned enough about the project to understand its potential and become interested in purchasing QDT, You can see the list of available exchanges on CoinMarketCap. For now, um, these are BitMart and DigiFinex, and in 10 or 12 days we'll also have it listed on the Max exchange. We're also currently having talks with the Gate.io exchange regarding the listing of our token. Any of you may purchase QDT and become a member of our QChain community.
1: Thank you, Andrey, uh, uh, we will provide all the links mentioned by you in the description for those who got interested and want to buy QDT or join your community. And last but not least, uh, I want to ask you about your advice for people who want to break into the crypto industry, uh, find out more about it, uh, what should they do now Uh, not to miss the next uh, bull run, to be prepared for it, etc., etc. The most important
0: advice, like I said many times and to many people, is to have patience. Because only those who are capable of waiting can gain something on the exchange. And they make profits exactly at the expense of those who do not know how to wait. You know, people often get caught by their own greed. One of my favorite sayings that I put on many of my social media profiles is «Greed causes poverty». Many people who are willing to increase their assets get into trading very quickly without understanding how it functions and what the market is like. And my main recommendation is to have patience. Just create your own asset bundle and wait patiently. Believe me, this stay calm strategy is by far the most efficient. If you begin trading, moving your assets from one currency to another all the time, based on whatever information you hear, You'll just lose your money, or a part of your money, or even most of your money. Either way, what I'm saying is, you won't get anything good out of it. Just hold it.
1: Hold, my friends. Thank you very much, Andrey. This has been the Master Reader Podcast. Uh, please drop a like and hit the subscribe button if you haven't yet. And stay tuned for the next upcoming episodes. And check out the links in the description. See you.